are now tuned in to the Angela D. Warden Show, where we talk about love, life, survival, and everything in between. I am your host, Angela D. Warden, and if you're ready to be inspired and empowered, then let's go, y'all. So, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Angela D. Warden Show. I am your host. Angela D. Wharton, and this is episode number seven of the 2020 series, which is 20 Truths I've Learned in Surviving 20 Years of Sexual Violence. And this episode is entitled, Marriage is Possible After Trauma. Listen, I have the amazing, the amazing Kristen Michelle Young with us on tonight. She is the marriage enthusiast and she's the founder of Living the Vow. Say hi, Kristen. Hey, <laughs> how's everybody? <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to have you with us on tonight. But before we bring you on, Kristen, I just want to share a little bit about my story and um, then we will let you take it away. Uh, for those of you who do not know, I am a survivor of sexual violence, actually multiple times, but God is a healer. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm able to be here on this podcast with you, able, that I'm able to share information to encourage and empower other survivors of sexual violence and just be that face of hope to let you all know that healing is possible and you can move on with your life. You can get married. You can have children. You can have a loving relationship. You can be an author. You can be a founder of a business or a founder of a nonprofit to help others. Like all these things are possible for you, but on tonight, our focus is marriage is possible after trauma. So, <sighs> I am just coming off of an amazing um, mini vacation celebrating 12 years of marital bliss. Yes, with my king, Darnell. And he is just an amazing man of God. For him to meet me at my, dark, my darkest point when I was still in recovery and trying to heal, um, he loved me through all of my dark times. He loved me out of darkness and into, into light. And I know it wasn't easy, you know, but he did it. And I just thank and praise God that he was able to do that and that he stuck in there with me and that he loved me enough to want to hang in there with me and, and, you know, just for us to build a family, build a life together and to be in this place that we are now. But of course, marriage comes with challenges. When you say that, Kristen, <laughs> absolutely yes, marriage comes with challenges. So, with that, I want to welcome tonight our amazing guest, Miss Kristen Michelle Young. She is the founder of Living the Vows and she is the marriage enthusiast. Again, welcome, 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 Kristen. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Angela, and thank you to all of the viewers. I appreciate you. I am excited to be here. Yes. Kristen is a wife, of course. She is a mother of 
amazing, beautiful, beautiful kids. She is um, the founder of Living the Vows, of course. She's an entrepreneur. She is a sister girlfriend. Like we are sisters from the uh, incredible organization, Healer Woman to Healer Nation. Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, we met there and we've just been connected ever since. So Kristen, tell us a little bit more, a little bit more about you and who you are. Well, I am, uh, I am the, the, uh, uh, the product of two amazing parents, two amazing heterosexual parents. Um, <laughs> I, I get that. Amen. <laughs> Who have been married for, uh, they just celebrated 40 years in June. Uh, my parents. Ooh, what a blessing. Yes. So it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see. And, um, I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful because they have had a tremendous impact on my marriage and how I view marriage. Um, and, and through that, I have two sisters. I am, I'm stuck in the middle. I'm, I'm number two <laughs> out of three. <laughs> right? And I promise the middle child syndrome is so, so real in my life. <laughs> I was going to ask you, is that true? Is that real? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. The middle child syndrome is real, but um, I've, I've had a really, really great, great life. So, um, as you said, yeah, I, you know, I, I am a wife, I am a mother, I am a, a child of God. I am, um, an entrepreneur. I am, uh, on the PTA committee. I am a volunteer extraordinaire that, you know, so there's all kinds of things that I love to do. I love to serve. I love to support people. Um, but who I am is um, I'm, I'm just honestly, it, it's so interesting when, when I hear these kind of questions because we really are so much the same. And, and I mean like human race, we are so much the same. We're all dreamers on some level. Um, it's just a matter of, are you willing to run after them? Are you really willing to make the sacrifice to make those dreams reality? Um, and, and that's one of the things that I am learning more and more every day. I tell you this entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey is quite serious it is um yeah uh you know you know know, you know i know (laughs) it's real it'll it'll make you question your sanity it'll make you question a whole lot of things um but i love honestly i love i love to live i love to live and and i'm in a space right now i just turned 35 this year so I'm in a space where I am in a, um, uh, not, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested. I love being in my thirties because it's, it's, yeah. it's such a release. It's so freeing for me. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed over the past year or so, especially as I transitioned into entrepreneurship, which was about a year and a half ago. Um, now, has it been that long? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yes, it was March of last year. So, uh, so yeah, we're coming up on that that eighteen month mark. Yeah, but um, it's just been I've been so focused on doing what works for me, and I say that because yeah. I, as I said, as a middle child, I did feel 
overlooked and forgotten a lot. And that had a major impact on how I showed up in life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a space where I've kind of hidden behind serving and looking out for other people and assisting other people so that I didn't have to focus on my own personal dreams. Mm -hmm. So when I took this step into entrepreneurship and really started to discover more about me, I've really just been in a space where I need to do more to take care of me. So I've been doing more. I've, um, I've always had a passion for performing. So I've been doing more acting. I've been doing more dancing and um, just doing what, what serves me, what makes me feel good with what makes me who I am. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that is who I am. That's a little bit of who I am and, and where I am. That is amazing. You have no idea like how many women are going to be blessed by you making those statements, just saying that you are doing more to serve you. Mm-hmm. That is impactful. That's so powerful because, you know, as women, as wives, as mothers, you know, we always do so much for everybody else and we don't do anything for ourselves. And I just had this conversation with my cousin today um, because she is kind of in that space where she's like, like burnt, like she's burned out. Mm-hmm. She's constantly giving, 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 and serving, serving, serving. And she's now serving from an empty cup. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you know we cannot do that. Like, we can't serve from an empty cup. We have nothing else. Right. Right. I I thank you for for saying that because somebody needed to hear that tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know a lot of that stems from um, just the fact that I'm raising two little girls right now. My daughters are five. My youngest two daughters are five and six years old. So they are and it's amazing to see how much they pay attention and want to be like mommy and I, it's one of those yeah. things i know it and i remember doing the same thing with my own mom yep. but it's a totally different experience when i clearly see these two beautiful little girls watching what i do and i'm like well what do i want them to do i have to do that i have to be that so it's it's you know, th- this whole mommyhood thing and entrepreneurship journey, it's, it's, it's an eye opener. It really, really is. But once your eyes are open, what are you going to do to, to take action? And, and that's where, that's where my, I am in my journey right now, just make, yeah. making some shifts to make sure I am taking action towards my true purpose and personal values. Yeah. And, and that's, that's essentially what it's all about. You know, we have to take care of us. We have to, so that we can be able to take care of our families and, and every other responsibility that we have, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I guess we need to get back to the topic, like, at hand, right? Talk right, right, right. Marriage <laughs> being possible after trauma. But, you know, when good girlfriends get together, like, this is what happens during conversation. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> right. So, the Bible reminds us in proverbs 18 and 22 that he who finds a wife finds a good thing yeah paraphrased it right yeah that's yes, not exactly yes. what the, the scripture says and but obtain a favor with the lord yes there you go and favor. <laughs> that's right <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your marriage and how did you meet your 
King James. Ah, yes. <laughs> I am married to King James. You married to King James, honey. King James, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Well, let me just tell you, that brother has a whole lot of favor on his life because of me. No, that's right. <laughs> Um, but honestly, and it's, and it's interesting, we actually met in church. Um, okay. Yes, we met, yes, we have that, that uh, I'm going to say fairy tale, but that, that gospel tale story. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give you the short story, and uh, he, he, is, he is nearby, so um, okay. I, I, don't, I don't want him to chime in with his side of the story, but... <laughs> Right, right. Ladies only. So, uh, <laughs> so the short story is, um, I was attending my church, mm-hmm. and he started attending shortly after. And when he started attending, he brought this other woman that he was seeing with him, which was no problem because I was not interested at all, and. Um, it's funny because he, you know, he, he started serving in the church and, and we would see each other in passing. And just like any other brother and sister in Christ, you go to the same church, you speak, hey, sis, hey, brother, how you doing? And you keep it moving. So um, the joke is that he had cornrows at the time, which is why I was completely turned off. I just, I just have this thing about men with cornrows. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't care what your bank account looks like, what kind of job you have, how great you treat your mama. I can't do it. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so he, he was just a brother at the church, and then things didn't work out with the other young lady, which still didn't bother me, because he still had them cornrows, but when he cut those cornrows off, <laughs> right, come on now, when thus saith the Lord, I yes. said, oh, well, <laughs> well, okay, yeah. <laughs> So he, um, he actually, and again, this is, this is my version of the story. So uh, one day after church, he, he cornered me in the hall and struck up this, this, this whack conversation. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> he was just trying to get me to talk, trying to get me to, you know, so he, he cracked, cracked a couple jokes and I was just like, okay, cool. So we wound up talking for like an hour after service mm-hmm. and eventually exchanged numbers. So, and I remember, because I, I went to the grocery store right after I left church. So I'm in the grocery store and my phone rings. So, you know, it's him checking the number to make sure it's real and make sure it's the right number. So, <laughs> so then our conversation continues for like another hour or so. And from that day, I've talked to him every, every single day since. That was in, uh, that was, was that June 28th of 2007. <laughs> wow yes so um I, I tried to shake him off because the first date did not go very well he thought oh. it went great i was not interested because he talked too much and i said nope <laughs> nope. nope i came for my free meal and i'm out <laughs> look i know about the free meals <laughs> right right but he was not swayed so I, you know, I just, I was like, well, he goes to, he goes to the church. I can't just cut him off. I can't be rude. So I just did the, you know, the, the nice thing. And I just stopped calling him. But right. he just kept on calling. He kept on calling. Ow! Kept on praying. <laughs> 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 and 
Yeah, he wore me down. He wore me down. I was back on. Yes. Yeah. Later, we were married. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Nine months later, we were engaged. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, do you remember the precise moment when you knew that he was the one? Like, for me and Darnell, I remember we, um, like, made it official that we were gonna be dating exclusively um, Mm -hmm. in December of 2002, right? Okay. And I remember being at work one day, this is like like March. I remember being um, at work one day and I kind of like slid around in my chair to get something out of the credenza. And as I opened the door of the credenza, like God just dropped in my spirit, Darnell. And I was just like, I'm gonna marry him. And I looked around like, did I just say that? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I did just say that. Uh-huh. So, so for you, do you remember like the precise moment when you realized like that he is the one and that you are going to marry him? I do. I do, actually. It wasn't quite as precise. Yeah. As it, but, um, but I do. And it's funny because it was, it was literally, it was Labor Day weekend in 2007. So, um, so that weekend I had my goddaughters over who at the time were, they were young around like two, three years old. And I was, uh, baby, I was babysitting for the weekend. So, um, that weekend he, now mind you, because we had started dating, it was basically the end of June. Mm-hmm. So this is two and a half, yeah. two and a half months later. So, <laughs> uh, so I had my goddaughters and I told him that it, you know, we probably wouldn't really hang out for the weekend because I had them with me. Their their parents would be back um, that Sunday or something to that degree. So he said, well, um, well, since you have them, we can do something together. And I was like, hmm. Right, okay. right, right. I like that. I like that. So and I know he had to serve. He does um, security uh, with our church, and sometimes he goes out with our pastor. So that Sunday, she had to preach at another church. So he went with her to that event and he said well if you don't mind I'll come over after the event mm-hmm. I was like sure so you know I'm in there making dinner I had to make dinner for the girls anyway so right. I'm dinner, making sure everything is set for when he comes over and he did and and um and we uh, we wound up spending kind of spending the weekend together and mm-hmm. I really appreciated the fact that he was so open to being inclusive. It wasn't just one of those, okay, well you go do your thing and I'll yeah. check you when, when they're gone. Right. Um, and, and that just, that just really stood out for me. That was very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. And he, he took to them and just, just loved them immediately. So that was, that was kind of that, that turning point for me where I said, wow, he's, he's real. And of course, as, like I said, at that point he had been consistent and I, I think that was that was it. I was just kind of new at that yeah. point. It, there's really just something different about him. Yeah. And I think yeah. he, he, I think he wore me down. I think he got me at this point. <laughs> he wore you down. Yeah. They got to go tell daddy now. <laughs> right. Right. Like uh, I think I'll keep that one. <laughs> wow, that's that's awesome. So. Of course, uh, the title of this podcast is Marriage is Possible 
after trauma. So can you share with us um, like a traumatic experience that's happened in your life and um, how you overcame that traumatic experience? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Um, and it's and it's interesting because the um, there's a there's a book that I uh, I participated with called Life Happens but You Can Finish, and that was one of the first times that I actually shared my story. And um, but the 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 story is that. When I was in college, I was in a space where I was, well, for the most part, I've always been a very independent person. Um, I've always want, I've been working since I was nine years old. My next door neighbor had a, a daycare center in her home. So I would go over there after school and help the kids have their snack and read to them and get them ready to go home and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I've always been independent. I've always wanted to take care of myself and make sure I had what I needed. And and also, honestly, that, that middle child syndrome, it, it did weigh heavily on me. And I honestly felt, um, even though I knew my parents loved me, I knew I had a great home environment, I still felt overlooked. Yeah. So, um, and even, even my relationship with my father, I have an amazing father. He's um, truly the, the kind of man who is a provider and he's the one if i called him at 3 a.m and said i drove to ohio and my car broke down trust me he's coming to get me or sending for me he's going to make something happen he's he's that kind of dad he showed up at the dance rehearsals um you know he 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 was there Mm -hmm. Uh, but we still just didn't have a a close relationship as far as i always saw my dad as the disciplinarian so i was only going to get but so close because the only time we got close was when I was in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) So so for me, looking back on my upbringing and and my my childhood and teenage years, I was in that space where I was still craving that um, male attention to some degree. I didn't have uncles. Both of my my parents are only children, so I didn't have uncles to go to. I didn't have any brothers. So, um, so yeah, so that, that male connection was really missing for me. And as I transitioned into my dating life, I, um, I tended to date older men and this one man in particular, I was dating when I was in college, he was 20 years older than me. And I thought he was great. And he was, you know, one of the guys was like, oh yes, we can make this work and, and we're going to get married. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was just, I was 20. He was 40. Right. <laughs> right. Actually about 20, 21, 21 and 41 at the time. But, um, you know, but, uh, but he made it very clear that he did not want children. He already had two teenage children at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was not interested and I was like okay well we'll deal with that later that's that's not important because I knew I wanted children I was very clear about that so um there came a point when I was pregnant and I was carrying his child and I let him know and it was scary because you know I was raised in a household where my parents made it very clear you don't come in this house Mm -hmm. with a baby Mm-hmm. And no ring. 
<laughs> two rings. Okay, two rings. You need two rings before you have a baby. So that was that was that's what I knew. And so I was terrified to tell anybody that, you know, I was now carrying this child out of wedlock. So I, I went to him and I, I told him, I said, look, I'm pregnant. And what do you want to do? And he made it very clear. He still had no interest in having any more children. And that was a devastating point in my life. because yeah. I think it was one of those things. It wasn't even in let's think about it kind of conversation. It yeah. was, I made it clear to you conversation. So I really kind of felt, not kind of, I did feel alone. I felt very alone and I felt very betrayed um, and nervous and scared and, you know, all, all kinds of emotions that were going on. So the, the most difficult part was having to accept the fact that one, I made this mistake and two, I didn't know how I was going to get out of it. I didn't know how I was going to support myself. I didn't know how I was going to support a child. I was still living in my parents' home, even though I was working. I had literally just graduated from college a couple of months before. And um, it, he was very clear. He yeah. was very clear. He was very clear. So I made the decision to abort that baby. And in doing so, it completely changed my life. It completely changed my life. I, I beat myself up um, horrendously internally. He, yeah. uh, he did go with me to have this abortion. Um, but I... It, Things just could never be the same with us after, after that. And then, uh, so we, we basically started to drift apart. And then I found out that he was seeing someone else that I worked with. Um, wow. In the process, which was, which was another challenge. Mm -hmm. um, but the bigger challenge was just me having to deal with the decision that I made. And he was the only person that I told. I didn't feel comfortable. I couldn't go to anybody. I couldn't tell anybody I was pregnant and I surely couldn't tell anybody that I had this abortion. Yeah. I had to, I had to hide everything. I had to keep everything to myself. Wow. This was my issue. And that's how I carried it for years. For years. Wow. And years. Wow. And it, 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 it didn't destroy me, but I was set so far back emotionally, mentally, because I continued to tell myself that I am now classified as a murderer. And that's how I identified myself. Woo, Kristen. And I, I, I couldn't manage it. But the beauty in that is... Girl, you bringing tears to my eyes. That specific situation Jesus one week later led me to the church where I am right now led me to Christ mm. and allowed me to start the healing process Ooh, and I'm, so grateful. 
I'm so, so, so grateful because I remember walking through the doors. I had been out of church for years, for probably a good six or seven years. And that experience was absolutely my lowest experience in my entire life. Jesus. But without that experience, Mm. I would never have the life that I have right now. Yes. And I needed to go through that Mm. to find God, to find me, to find my husband, to Mm. the children that we have now. That's it. And and it's been an amazing healing process. Yeah. But it was so devastating to go through. And again, for me, I felt like I had to deal with it on my own. And I was carrying so much weight for so many years, three years where I was silent. I couldn't tell anyone. Ah, Whew, you broke your silence though. You broke- I, I broke my silence three years later. Yes. Three years later. And it's, and it's so interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm always very, very keen on dates. And it was actually uh, September, um, 2007 when this when this happened um i'm sorry 2004 when that happened but um it was july 1st when i shared my story Mm. july 1st of 2007 when i shared my story and that was right at the time when i met my now husband yeah and, you know, and it's, and it's just been this beautiful, beautiful evolution because when I was finally able to release that story, mm-hmm. that's the, you know, it's almost simultaneously, that's when James stepped into the picture. Yeah. It was almost, you know, just when I think back on it, it was almost as if God was just waiting for me to just forget, truly forgive myself. Yeah. He told me over and over again over the years that I was forgiven yes yes so i could actually tell my story (sighs) release the weight and truly forgive myself right at that moment he sent in my husband and it's it's just been a a beautiful 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 love story yeah forward but um but i but i had to deal with that and i had to deal with that in my own way and more importantly god had to deal with me exactly wow Kristen. That is an amazing story. And I mean, t- you had me over here in tears at one point. I'm like, oh, here swallowing hard, trying to swallow the lump back down. You know, and, and, the, and the, the, the thing that I love about that is this is one of the first times that I didn't get choked up. And I, you know, I was able to share without yeah. being overwhelmed. And it's not to say it, it doesn't still affect me because I, I still... I still had a moment sharing that, yeah. but knowing that it does not have a hold on me the way it did before, it's, it's yeah. so awesome, yeah. so awesome. And, and I thank you for sharing that point because that's how you know that you've not only been healed, you've also been delivered and set free. Yes. Because, you know, when we hold on to those things, those traumatic experiences, those things that like shook us to our core, you know, it keeps us in bondage. Mm -hmm. It literally keeps us in in bondage. 
But when we're able to release it, when we're able to speak about it and talk about it, then it's like the doors of the prison are open. You know, it's like that, that bondage, that stronghold has been broken. So when you shared your story, you know, it opened the doors for so much more, including King James. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, yes. So now you no longer sit in your story. You now stand on your story. Absolutely. Amen? Amen, absolutely. Amen. Whew. <laughs> But you need an intermission. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is going to help so many women, so many people. So thank you again for sharing that. So um with King James, with your husband, um, what qualities does he possess that was a that that were a clear indication that you just had to spend the rest of your life with him like you could not imagine yourself or your life without him oh gosh i okay so this is a, this is another running joke with our family but um i mean i just i recognized he was a he was a really great guy he was very consistent consistency mm -hmm. Uh, was was huge for me but when I did take him home to meet my parents mm -hmm. um, I, I told you my dad he's he's the disciplinarian he's kind of um not militant not militant but um he, Sperm. he, he <laughs> he's, he's a man's man he's a man's man and um, <laughs> um but basically my dad he was just the kind he said look y'all are going to date i'm not interested in meeting and remembering who these guys are because they change every month and and i he was like oh wait a minute dad <laughs> <laughs> not every month not every month <laughs> but the, i mean but just think about it my sister i have it's two sisters so there's three girls he's raising right at one point we were all kind of in in that dating phase of life Right, right, right. Uh, so he said, I'm not keeping track of everybody. He said, that's, that's your mother's job. I'm not doing it. So he would never remember who's who, what's what, none of that. So right. when I took James um, to meet my family, I, I love the fact that he sat down with my family and he just acted like he was part of the family already. He, there was no, you know, he was, he was definitely polite. He was, you know, um, very respectful. Mm -hmm. But he he jumped in with the conversation, with the jokes. He he sat, you know, he sat back and relaxed. He was comfortable, mm -hmm. and I love that. And I remember it was probably a couple of days, um, a couple of days, maybe a week after he came over, and I was at my parents' house, and my father asked about him, and he asked for him by name, and it just kind of threw everybody off. My mother was like, "You." you remember a name right and, and you got the right person right. <laughs> right. that's just kind of like the, the joke in my family it was like oh we all knew at that point we all knew he was the one right right dad remembered him dad remembered him yeah but but um but james has always been so consistent and 
Yeah. He's just really in that space where he, the, the one thing I absolutely love is the fact that he is such a great communicator. And we so often hear that women communicate better than men and men don't yeah. talk much. And I told you on our first date, I was turned off because of how much he talks. He was literally just an open book and he was just nonstop. And I was just like, what man does this? Right. <laughs> but now being married to him, it is such a blessing because I never have to question what's on his mind. What's what, yeah. I mean, he's literally the one when he gets off work, Hey, let me tell you about my day. And so-and-so did this and this is what happened. And he'll ask me, he's like, well, how was your day? I'm like, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but he gives me the, the rundown the play-by-play -play. he'll call me in the middle of the day and say well this is what's going on and you know but he's always been open he's always yeah. had great communication skills mm -hmm. and that has blessed our marriage so much so his consistency of course he's 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 fine okay the brother's fine <laughs> <laughs> i know that's right <laughs> But just his consistency, his willingness to step up and, and know what he wanted from day yeah. one. Yeah. And and that's evident in how he showed up and how he pursued me. Because like I said, we were dating for nine months before he proposed. So yeah. he knew what he wanted yeah. and went after it. With with There was no back and forth. It wasn't any, I never had to question where he was or, or where his mind was or where are we? Where do we stand as a as a couple? Are we are we in a situationship? Are we? In, you know, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> you know, there was he never. I never had to question, and that offered so, and still does offer so much security in our relationship. Because yeah. if I need to know something, I ask him, and he tells me whether I like it or not. He's going to tell me, and I love. That. Yeah, that's definitely a, a great quality to have in your husband, you know, and your wife as well, but definitely your husband, because like you said, oftentimes women, you know, are the ones that are like chatty Cathy's, you know, and are, you know, the great communicators. But so that's definitely a blessing um, for, for James to be able to just share with you like that. And, you know, because communication is key in a marriage, in any relationship. But definitely a marriage. You got to keep those lines of communication open, just so you make sure that everybody is like we still on the we still on the same page together. We still flowing together. Okay, you know, let me know something ain't right. You know, and one thing for me and Darnell is when um, I had the saying, you know, when things come up, it's coming out. So if I'm feeling something down here that's coming up. I'm going to say it. It's going to come out. I'm going to ask you about it. We had to sit down and talk about it. And that's just it. That way we can get it out in the open, clear the air. We can heal and move forward. So it's definitely a good thing. Communication is key in marriages. Yeah. So now on to the next question. Uh -huh. <laughs> so couples don't get married to get divorced. You know, we get married because we love each other. We want to spend the rest of our lives together. But we all know that statistics show that 50% of marriages end in divorce. Mm -hmm. So what can you share with us um, as wives? What can we do to ensure um, that our marriages don't end in divorce? Miss, Miss marriage enthusiast, Miss word to the wives. <laughs> yeah, it's your, it's your 
signature event for wives only. Yes. Yeah. So yes. what what what's your take on that? You know, what would you what would you suggest? So <clears throat> No, we do not get married to divorce. As it's funny, I've only met one person in my my life. It was interesting when I was going through my uh, my master's program. I actually met a man who intentionally divorces. He does these contracts, and <laughs> it was an interest. Uh, that that's not that's not the topic of conversation. <laughs> it was a very interesting class, though. Our t- our professor brought in this guy, and he he's a serial marrier. He he just he does these contracts. And does mail order brides and it's it, okay. That's not the top. That's that's a whole nother. Okay. Okay. So aside right. from him, aside from okay. him, aside from him, okay. Aside from him, no, we don't. We don't. We don't get married to get divorced. The challenge is more often than not, we don't know why. We, we don't really understand why we want to be married, and that's the piece that so many people are are missing. It's important to remember that when you get married one it it has to have a purpose it has to have a purpose and if it's god ordained there's guaranteed to be a purpose assigned to that but you have to be clear on what that is because marriage is designed to for for legacy building and that's the challenge that we are running into right now there are so many people who are so caught up in i love him he's cute let's get married (laughs) on top of the pressures because one of the things that we um that i talk about all the time is the fact that for women we are raised on these fairy tales from one and two years old we're raised better say it we're raised on all of these disney princesses nothing wrong with them but that's what we're inundated with from a young child I i was just having a conversation with my daughters five and six years old and, and we're talking about marriage and, and having babies and all of that because that's what they see. Yeah. That, you know, that's what they're focused on. But our little boys, we're giving them G.I. Joe and, and, and Captain America. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not it, that, that relationship piece, that fatherhood piece. Yeah. That's not, they're not being overwhelmed with that at a young age. Yeah. So for women, we have to understand and get clear on the fact that we're not just marrying to be taken care of and and have have a good looking person in our life. There has to be there has to be a purpose and a value on that relationship because you really can do bad all by yourself. Yeah. And you really can do great by yourself. But when you're coming together with someone else, you should be that much greater. And not yeah. just double, you should have triple 100 fold more because you are aligned with this other person. So you have to be clear on your values and what legacy is it that you are destined to leave for your children and, and beyond and generations to come. That's what we're missing because if you're clear on that, it's just like your entrepreneurial journey. It's just like your own personal life. When you have a goal and you're working towards that, you're guaranteed to get hit with trials. You're guaranteed to get hit with setbacks. Oh, that's going to happen. That's just a part of living. But you can't give up simply because things are not flowing the way you want them to flow. If you're staying focused on your goal, if you know why you're here, if you know what your purpose is, you know what you're working towards, you're not going to allow those things to knock you down and keep you down. Amen to that. (laughs) This is true. You have to stay focused on the goal and or the goals 
and you have to work together. You know, this, they say, you know, marriage is 50-50. No, marriage is 100-100. It's not 50-50. You know, you both have to give 100% of yourselves to make it work. Absolutely. And that's, that's actually one of the many reasons why I, I named my organization Living the Vows, because on that wedding day, we think it is so cute to stand there with our, yes. our flowers and, and, our, and our cute dra- gown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, no matter what your tradition, you say that the, the, in some form or fashion, the traditional vows, I, I take you to be my law, lawfully wedded spouse, to have and to hold richer, or poor, sickness and in health. All of that is so general and so vague. And even if you write your own vows, I actually posted this on Facebook the other day and I got so few responses. It was like crickets. Um, but even if, you, um, if you write your own vows, do you actually uphold them? And my question on Facebook was, what did you do with your vows after your wedding day? And it was literally crickets. About the only person who responded was somebody who had just gotten married the week before. She was like, oh, I put them in a keepsake box. And I, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> you, you are still on your, literally, she was on her honeymoon while she was responding. I said, ma'am, you don't count right now. You don't count. <laughs> but literally, my question was, what, what did you do with your wedding vows after your wedding day? Because we will sit down and write out this whole poetic, beautiful uh homily about uh, about how we're going to spend our lives together on top of those traditional very general vows and it's all beautiful but listen it is your lawful spouse you are under uh, that paper that you signed off on went to the courthouse so it's a legal document yes you and you have it on camera on videotape the whole nine you have witnesses Okay, so this is the real deal. This is the real deal, but most people cannot remember what they said. They right. just wrote that whole that whole poem for their spouse about vows. They don't remember what they said in that, and they don't live up to it in the heat of the moment. So that's one of the, the reasons why I shared um, my organization, why I, I named my organization Living the Vows, because we have to live them. We can't just say them on the wedding day and, and throw them away. We have to live them, and what we have to understand, especially those traditional vows, for richer or for poor, what does that really mean? That can mean two different things for, for both of you. In sickness and in health, you don't know. You have no idea what's up next for the rest of your life. You have no idea what's up next. You have no idea if one of you are going to be diagnosed with cancer, if one of you are going to be in a bad car accident and be paralyzed for the rest of your life. You have no idea what that's going to look like. But you said that's what you're going to do in spite of whatever it looks like i'm willing to do this life with you so we have to understand that living the vows means you have to sacrifice it's guaranteed you have to be willing to put up you cannot sit there and say oh well he he's he's acting funny so i'm i'm just we're not going to have sex tonight or i'm not going to cook his dinner tonight because he didn't piss me off that's not living the vows Nice. That's not being a wife. That's 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 not what we're called to do. You are hurting yourself. You are hurting yourself, and you're setting yourself up because you <laughs> said you recited that contract on tape. That's right. <laughs> so do what you said you were going to do. It's not easy. It's okay to cry. It's okay to get angry. It's okay to ask for support. But you still have to show up 
and do what do the work that you said you were going to do you can't be focused on what he's not doing because there's always something more that you could be doing that you said you were going to do in your vows so focus on that and i promise you if you continue to focus on your vows if you continue to focus on how can i serve my spouse today and that's what you wake up with every single day that is your focus and i guarantee it's going to be reciprocated. It's not going to be reciprocated the same way at the same time, but it will be and your needs will get met yeah. as long as you continue to serve your spouse the way you said you wanted to serve them. Exactly. And you know, that reminds me of um, that the one quote that says, be the change you want to see. Yes. Absolutely. So if you feel like your spouse isn't doing things like you want him to do things like he's not rubbing your feet or he's not you know making you dinner or he's not giving you enough hugs not giving you enough kisses you know what are you doing mm -hmm. you know women are so powerful you know and, and men our husbands feed off of our energy oh yeah so if we want them to do certain things you know we have to do it as well you know, be the change that you want to see. If you want him to kiss you more, kiss him more. You know, it's as simple as that. Try it, ladies. Try it. And sometimes the, the one simple thing that we miss so much is that we do not ask. One of the other challenges that so many women face is, oh, well, we, we've been married for, for two years and he should know me by now. And, and he, uh, should know. he should know. He should know. No. <laughs> And there is nothing wrong with asking for what you want. Make it clear. Yes. Write the vision and make it plain. You <laughs> there know? you go. Speak the vision and make it plain. You have because more often than not, he doesn't know, or he's he's not paying attention. It's not intentional. It's not being trifling, or it's not trying to get over. Sometimes he just does not know. Mm -hmm. So ask for what you want. Yeah. As simple as that. <laughs> they are not mind readers. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not after two years of marriage. Not after 39 <laughs> years of marriage. It's right. Or 12. <laughs> <laughs> or nine. <laughs> we'll be celebrating nine years in two weeks. So. <laughs> Another September wedding. Yes, yes, yes. September is the month. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, marriage can sometimes feel like storm after storm after storm. And like, you know, it's like the storm will just never end. So can you share with us a time where you felt like there was a storm in your marriage and that it would just never, ever end? Can you share with us like how you guys were able to conquer that storm and move forward? Absolutely. Um, and I think one of the, the biggest challenges, and I know a lot of couples face, face these challenges, is um, just making sure your needs are met. And mm -hmm. the, the challenge that we were having was making sure we had um, basically the quality time versus intimacy and, and the sexual relationship. And, and what did that look like for each of us? Because a lot of couples struggle with their love language. If you're not familiar with the five love languages, please mm -hmm. make sure you 
you learn your love language and learn your spouse's love language because that is a big challenge that a lot of yeah speaking the wrong love language messes up a lot of marriages but it's so easy to fix once you know it so for us it was it was understanding it boils down to understanding our love languages and he was in a space where he he wanted more intimacy he he wanted more sex and i was just like well i just want the quality time and Mm -hmm. i just feel like we can never just just spend time together it's always got to be you know (laughs) (laughs) and you know so and this and especially early on in our marriage because more often than not you're coming in with this expectation of what marriages want to look like and especially for us as christians we did wait until marriage to have sex so you know for him it was like oh it's all happening Oh, day. Uh, and in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, that will probably be it. But for me, it honestly, just, just being completely transparent, it was very painful in, in the beginning stages of our marriage. Yeah. So for me, it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I was in agreement then, but this is not fun nor exciting at all so I was working through trying to figure out what was going on with me can I please my husband can I you know and what what is this about you know so and it got to the point where I almost I was almost avoiding him because I just didn't want to have to deal with it I was you know I was just trying to avoid the situation but of course he's my husband he's loyal he's getting frustrated so that was just a constant back and forth and it was literally like every other month we were right back to the same conversation yeah you know what are we going to do and you're so busy and you're you know I'm I'm definitely guilty of staying on the go I was when I married him I was still in school working on my master's Mm -hmm. so you know I was I was in school and then right right when I was graduating that's when I did get pregnant so (laughs) I went straight into motherhood after that and and of course staying active in my church and doing all these different activities so I stayed on the go and that's what I enjoyed doing but he was just like hey I'm 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 still missing my needs are still not getting met and it was just so frustrating with the back and forth but and what that took was continuing to have conversations okay well let's let's try this and 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 see the thing and this is this is this is another thing that society needs to get on board because we get so caught up in these movies and, and all the, these romance visuals that these, right. that these movies give us, those sexual experiences are not like the movie. <laughs> and we got time for rose petals every time. <laughs> I'm not filling up a whole tub and buy hot water that I have to pay for every week. No, that's not. <laughs> right. We ain't doing all that. All of that. I didn't been through all of my lingerie. I ain't getting nothing else new right now. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. You know? So it's crazy. The, the wig will slip off in the bedroom. <laughs> you know. So it. You know. It, so we have this, this imagination and these, these visuals of what we've seen and what we expect this the love making experience to be, just the intimacy. And then when it's not that. It's like, okay, well, am I missing something? Is this really it? Is, you know, and then you start to question everything, you know, and, and it gets frustrating at times. But what you have to do is continue to have conversations and be willing 
this is part of this sacrifice and the, and the patience of marriage, but you have to be willing to try different things. You have to be able to, you, you may think you're coming in at level eight, but you may need to step it back down to level two and try new things and, 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 and work together to get on the page where, where you need to be. So, um, so yeah, it, it, for us, it, it was just a matter of being open and willing to have trial and error and be patient enough with each other. Yes, it got frustrating, but continuing to have the same conversation over and over and over and be willing to still be open to putting in the work that goes with that. Yeah. Until you guys literally found your sweet spot, right? Absolutely. And and honestly, just, and, and again, just for my, my personal story, it wasn't until, um, after giving birth that I was able to, um, not have all of the pain that yeah. I was experiencing, um, gotcha. in, in our, in our relationship. So, um, so I mean, so you never know. And I mean, there was no way I would have, you know, it, it, it just, it made, it made no sense to me. I didn't understand. Yeah. But, um, but it was, it was something that, that we needed to work through. And, and to be honest, we still have to revisit it because sometimes you, you know, yeah. you start getting great in one area and you okay, we got this, this machine running well over here. You got to right. focus on, so you start focusing here and you're, you know, you're juggling and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. We got to We got to touch up over here. We got to get a tune up over here. We, we <laughs> right. And you have to be able to circle back. But as long as you're, again, if you're open to having the conversation, being open to just be patient, just be yeah. patient, just be patient. That's it. Yep. That's it. And just work together. That's mm -hmm. exactly it. Yeah. So Kristen, can you give our survivors of sexual trauma just a few words of encouragement um, and empowerment so that they understand that marriage is possible after trauma? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what we have to understand, and ladies, what I want you to understand is that we all have life experiences. No yes, one yes. is greater or lesser than the other. It's your experience and you have to own it. You have to own it. But just like Angela shared earlier, you can dwell on it, sit in it, live in it, or you can learn to climb out of it, rise above it and stand on it. And I want you to understand that you are no less of a person because of your experience. All it is, is your story. And when, when, and, and th that was something that was so great for me when I could understand that it's just part, my experience is part of my story. Yeah. And one of the things I love about being a speaker and listening to other speakers is that we all have a story, but you never know how your story is going to affect someone else. So understand that the reason why you are going through whatever it is that you're going through or you've been through and the reason why you are still here is because it's your story to tell. It doesn't matter if you've been raped and, and there's a whole bunch of other pe people who have been on TV and shared their rape story. No one has heard yours. And there's a exactly. woman out there waiting to hear yours. Your story is going to be the one to pull her through. No matter what the situation is, if you were carjacked, whatever the situation is, no matter how major or minor it seems to you, it's your story. So don't be afraid of it and know that it is part of your character building and it's 
it's shaping you into the woman that you are destined to be. Yes, yes, yes. And there is your king is out there for you. God will send him to you. Let him find you because then I just shared that, you know, he who finds a wife, mm-hmm. that's what the word says. He who finds a wife, not you finding him, <laughs> you know, God will send him to you. And, you know, cause and just, just to go back to, um, you know, what you were saying about um, your story and, and what you've gone through being part of your story. Um, I recall sharing with uh, some of um, the members of Phoenix Ministries and just women that I come in, in contact with um, that are actually going through like their healing process. I would share with them that, you know, God felt that or, get, or God knew that he could trust you with the pain to birth purpose in you. So oftentimes, you know, the pain is connected to our purpose. Oh, yeah. You know, it's definitely, you know, connected. So, you know, I just want our listeners to understand that as well. You know, when you think about that thing that really caused you the most pain in your life, just remember that your, your purpose, you know, what you were meant to do in this world, what God needs you to do. Uh, for his kingdom to upbuild his kingdom is directly connected to that that painful thing that happened in your life mm-hmm. yeah yeah so with that Kristen I'm sad to say that this episode of the Angela D. Wharton show is is coming to an end no <laughs> but with that can you just share with us like what's coming up next for you and also how can our listeners connect with you? Oh, awesome. Well, definitely, definitely go to livingthevows.com, put in your name and email so I, you can stay connected through our email address. But um, join us on social media. We are on all, all the main ones. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Periscope. So make sure you just look for Living the Vows. Go to at Living the Vows and follow us so you get all the notifications. I am on Facebook Live um, pretty much every day at 1 o'clock in the afternoon at Facebook Live and Periscope at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, And then um, one of the things that I've I've been focused on right now is part of Living the Vows is the Fit and Sexy Wives. And that is something that was birthed out of my own personal fitness journey. I started a little over a year ago when I was yes. around that, that baby weight, which was carrying, causing some emotional and mental weight. And I had to release all mm-hmm. of that. So once yeah. I got committed to that and shared my story, um, some other women and other wives were, were reaching out and just recognizing that we carry a lot. We really do carry a lot. And we do. How we see ourselves in the mirror is greatly um, impacted by how we show up in life. So be, just being, um, of course, being healthy and of course, you know, healthy eating and all that is, is major right now. But it was, it's something that I birthed from other women who were reaching out and saying, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get on that journey with you. So the Fit and Sexy Wives is an opportunity to virtually or, or in person, we work out five days a week. Um, so you can pick your location or you can uh, 
reach out and see how you want to uh, support yourself in, in that journey and let me support you. But, um, but definitely just stay connected because we, um, we have some, some fun activities that we're trying to put together for the end of this year. And then as you mentioned, my Word to the Wives experience, which is our Wives Only Conference that happens in March of each year. So that's March 17th of 2018. So mark your calendar for that. Yes, one. yes, yes, yes. So listeners, be sure to go to Kristen's website, livingthevows.com and enter your email address so that she can get you connected and keep you informed because you do not want to miss word to the wives. Let me tell you something. It is just an incredible, incredible day of learning how to be a wife. Like we talk about everything from everything you can think about that we go through as, as wives and things that we do in our homes and outside of our homes. It's Everything all-inclusive of being a wife is what's discussed at Word to the Wives. And it's just ladies only. It's like a ladies day. So you don't want to miss that. So Kristen, before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Just anything else? Like it doesn't, like anything that God has laid on your heart that you want to just share with our listeners before I let you go? Awesome. Well, for me, it's, I just want to encourage everyone to, just, just get clear, just get clear on your why. And, and we, we hear it a lot. Um, and, and maybe, maybe you have it. I know I hear it a lot in, in the entrepreneurial world and business world, but just, <coughs> excuse me, get clear on your why. Why are you here? Why are you still here? Because as we all have a story, we all have experiences, but you're still here on purpose. So I want you to get clear on that. And don't be afraid of your past. Don't be afraid of your past. It's so important to be able to love you holistically. And loving you is loving everything that comes with your entire package and being confident in it and being unapologetic about it. So just love you, get clear on why you're here, and keep going. Keep going with confidence. Yes. Well said, and amen to that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kristen, for pouring into our listeners on tonight. I mean, there were so many nuggets that you were dropping on tonight that I know that the ladies are going to be encouraged and empowered, and you just never know. They may have gotten their breakthrough. From listening to to our podcast on tonight, you know there's a lot of um, of our sister survivors out there who are you know want to be who want to be in relationships, who are ready for marriage, but you know sometimes we feel like we don't deserve it, like we don't we, we feel like no good thing should come our way because of what we have gone through, and that's simply not true. God loves us, and God has us on His heart, so He is going to take good care of us all the way across the board, no matter what. So thank you all for joining us for episode number seven of the Angela D. Wharton show entitled Marriage is Possible After Trauma. So again, I am your host, Angela D. Wharton. Please connect with me on all social media, as Kristen said. I'm on Facebook, under Angela D. Wharton. I'm on Instagram and Twitter uh, under at 
Angela underscore empower. So be sure to connect with me there. You can also visit my website at AngelaDWharton.com. Be sure to enter your email address so that I can get you connected and keep you informed as well. Always remember that you are enough and that you matter. I love you, but God loves you best.